Hi everyone, welcome to the October podcast, which, surprise, is actually coming out in October. It might be the day before the end of October, but I have been swamped at work, at my day job, and I just have had to prioritize that, so I have not had time to really comprehensively edit the podcast and get it ready to go until today. So, I hope you enjoy my thoughts and kind of random ramblings on the character of Stefano Demera. This isn't so much a character analysis like what I've done with Alan or... Alan Quartermain or like Stephen Kayla on days. This is just my thoughts that I had as I watched some videos on YouTube that were some out of context scenes. So I know most of this information is out of context, but I thought you would enjoy listening to some of my thoughts anyway. I will say Stefano scares me more than Stavros. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I had fun making it. So I thought I had a section recorded on this earlier, but I guess I didn't. Um, what was the point of the Lady in the Cage storyline? Other than to show how awful Stefano was. But, like... What? What's the point? Why did she have to be basically in a jail cell within a room? Why couldn't he just lock the door to the room? Ugh. I just... I don't understand the logic of that storyline. Or, you know, in the world of the show, of Stefano. Like, how did he... How did he build a cage within a room? Like, a giant... Basically jail cell within a room. And, like, I just... He could have locked the door from the outside. He always left the door open to the cell. What was the point? What was the point? I don't understand. <laughs> but I love when he's like, Marlena. Like when she's upset and he's like, Marlena. You have no idea how upset it makes me to see you like this. And she said, it upsets you. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> The look that she gives him when she says that makes me laugh. It is definitely a if looks could kill, you would not be here right now kind of look. And I appreciate it after everything he put her through. Okay, so I'm getting over <laughs> a cold, so uh, forgive my congested voice here. But last night, I was watching this video that someone had compiled 
of a bunch of the kind of not funny moments, but well, some of them were kind of funny. Um, from the lady in a cage storyline, <laughs> which I still think is really dumb, but it kept bringing up the whole guillotine thing, and I'm like, why? The first thing I thought when I saw that was, why did Stefano randomly have a guillotine in his house? And then I was like, wait, because it's Stefano. <sighs> but also, like, <laughs> what? What was that? What was that storyline? I really don't understand. And like, why did he have the trial in Marlena's room? I'm assuming that was where that was held. And who were the jurors? Were the jurors all his, like, employees? Because I think Rolf was, like, the judge. And, like, that is literally the definition of a kangaroo court. <laughs> if, if the jurors were his employees, they were probably like, well, we have to vote guilty on this man or Stefano is going to kill us. So... I don't know. That was more of a serious part, but, like, it helps me better understand how he disguised himself as Rachel. You know, especially if he never spoke. And he was wearing a veil the whole time, or a hat with a veil on it, then, like, of course Marlena didn't know it was Stefano. <laughs> and, like, The scene where she was like, Rachel. And she goes to take off. Like, tries to wake Rachel and she takes the hat off. And Stefano's just laying there. He's like, hello, Marlena. And like, see, like, that was funny. And also there were random people falling. And the VR subplot that I did not know was a thing was making me laugh. Because I'm assuming... That John could zoom in by moving his hands. <laughs> but it just looked very weird. But he was just moving his hands all around. That was that storyline was ahead of its time. In regards to the VR. Side note, the video that I got most of the scenes from Lady in the Cage is called best of Lady in the Cage. It says in parentheses, slightly humorous. And the creator is Jane Adams, and I wanted to give them a shout out because I appreciated that video. And I think I found it more funny than it was supposed to be because I had zero context for what was going on. And all I saw were people falling through trapdoors John looking really bizarre with the VR subplot going on and the guillotine. So, like, it was... I had no context for what was going on. Other than it was just a very bizarre storyline. There is a funny scene in the middle of a 
like, it's not a funny scene. It's some funny dialogue in the middle of a very serious scene. During the Lady in the Cage storyline. And Marlena is basically telling Stefano she will not prostitute herself in order to see her family. Because what kind of example would that set for her daughter? And I thought she made a very good point. And then Stefano gets really upset and he's yelling at her. And he goes to pick up the crown that Marie Antoinette wore off of her bedside table. It's a whole other issue that I have. I'll get to that in a second. But he goes to pick it up while he's still like yelling and really angry and his sleeve gets caught on the lamp and he can't get it off and he ends up just swiping the lamp off the table <laughs> to get it off his sleeve. And it's just funny because I I don't have I have a feeling that was not um scripted. And it just kinda makes me laugh. But that's like the funny exchange. And then the whole thing with the this crown. I got this crown for you. Marie Antoinette wore it. And now I guess it's just not worth anything. And he like breaks it. I was a history major in college. That gave me a heart attack. And I know it wasn't real. I know if that was for real. Definitely not Marie Antoinette's crown. But oh my goodness. I was like please stop messing with historical artifacts. Don't destroy that. <laughs> Which really wasn't the point of the scene. The point of the scene was Marlena standing up for herself, but I was distracted by Stefano destroying historical artifacts. So, another question I have, and I feel like I need to preface this if I'm not blaming Marlena for what happened. But I started watching what I guess was the beginning of the Possession storyline, and it just got really way too scary for me. I'm very sensitive to that kind of stuff. But I don't understand why, like, Stefano got the security code, and then he broke, he broke into her apartment, and then she got home, went to bed, and woke up. To Stefano standing over her wearing like a masquerade mask and she was just like and like he gave her a flower or something and she was like oh this is really nice I'll go to the opera with you and it's like how do you not recognize if this is Stefano I guess we thought he was dead at that point but it's like why on earth are you not being like, get out of my house? Who are you? Like, why is your reaction like, oh, yeah, let's go to the opera together. I don't know you, but yeah, that sounds fun. Like, what? What was that? It's one of the weirdest sequences. It's just very strange. And he's like, Stroking her face, and it just is a very strange scene to me. 
because I don't know, I feel like if I woke up to a random stranger standing over me and stroking my face, I'd be like, get out of my room, you creep. Very strange. The more I think about it, the more I think they were trying to go for some kind of, like, Phantom of the Opera kind of story, which, like, Phantom of the Opera was one of my favorite musicals. It still is. But, like, the cape that Stefano was wearing and, like, the mask and hiding in her closet. I guess Phantom hid in Christine's mirror. But, like, I, I see the similarities in the rose. I, I, they were going for Phantom of the Opera, I guess. And then it turned into Poltergeist later on. Not Poltergeist. What is that movie? The Exorcism? It turned into a creepy... Creepy stuff later. But I guess they're going for Phantom of the Opera? Which would then explain Marlena's response. Because... If they're trying to, like, parallel Phantom of the Opera... <clears throat> then... I guess... Yeah, because Christine wasn't scared of Phantom. And the Phantom did kill people. I don't know. I think this scene is making me realize how creepy Phantom of the Opera actually kinda is. But like, it just makes me so uncomfortable that he's just like standing over her while she's sleeping, like, stroking her face with a rose. And, like, calling her his queen of the night. It's just like, ugh. Please move on. <laughs> you have so many other ladies who seem to really like you. Like Lexi's mom, who was Celeste, was that her name? I mean, she liked him enough to have a child with him. I don't know, it's very weird. But, like, maybe it just runs in the family that people that they kind of set their eyes on. Just don't move on, because Megan has never moved on from Bo. It's all very strange. Why was it his dying wish for his admittedly completely non-biological daughter? And his son to marry? What was that? Why was he so dead set on Kristen and Tony marrying? That is so weird. Even if they aren't actual siblings, they were raised as siblings. It's just strange. I think... I don't know from my understanding. It seems like he spoiled his kids so he could control them. And that just makes me think of Helena. There's a lot of similarities there. Okay, about Kristen and Tony, 
Like, it's very weird watching scenes from a time when they were married. And also, like, side note, just poor Tony. He fell in love with Renee, who turned out to be his sister. And then he was kind of forced to marry Kristen. And then he developed feelings for her, I'm assuming, after they were married. Did he? I'm, I'm assuming that he knew they were adopted. Like, that she was adopted at that point. Very confusing. But, um, yeah, I guess they made um, Tony Stefano's nephew. And they can never make him his son again because of the feelings that he had for Renee. But it's like he didn't know they were siblings. And when he knew, he kind of stopped having feelings. It's very strange. The um, 2019, it kind of made me laugh. um, Because when they revealed that Tony was still very much alive and in that apartment in Chicago... Um, <laughs> and Kristen was like, I need you to marry me. And he was like, um, do you not remember that our father made us marry each other? Even though, he's like, even though we were not actually related, the incestuous, uh, undertones there were very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. And I love that's probably just like, a hundred percent for writers just putting that in they're like yes we know this was a very strange choice (laughs) that's technically another fourth wall break i don't know i just i'm glad that he found anna i hope they're happy i'm still confused on how stefano can have two identical relatives it's it's very odd But Tony always called Stefano father, so we're just going to go with, for all intents and purposes, that is who Stefano was to him. So even if he's not biologically his kid, he is like a son to him, so. Also, I'm very happy because the um, recent storyline with Megan coming back and everything that happened with Bo confirmed that Tony is back to being Stefano's son and not his nephew which they had to switch because everyone's like oh that's really weird but he fell in love with Renee because that was his sister and it was weird but he married Kristen who wasn't technically his sister if he were raised as siblings so it's the same thing and so we're like well now we'll make Andre Stefano's son and Tony Stefano's nephew that was raised as his son. But then that raises all kinds of other questions. But there was a scene where John and Steve were talking to Tony about Megan. And he said, this line doesn't even make any sense in context. It, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense when you look at the whole backstory. But he said, I never knew Megan when she was alive, which is false. No, he said, I never knew my sister when she was alive, but I did see pictures of her after she died, 
which doesn't make any sense because we literally had a scene together. Because Tony was there first, and then Andre came. And they literally had a scene, and Tony was annoyed because she was the golden child. <sighs> they need someone on that show to follow all the timelines. <laughs> Save on General Hospital. Ugh. But point is, I'm glad Tony is back to being Stefano's son. He honestly seems to be the most level-headed of all of them, which is saying something. Alright, another day's question that I probably could find the answer to, but if it's one I don't really care to try and find it, just because I have a feeling most of the scenes where we'd be able to see it are not scenes I would enjoy to watch. Which is, does John still have the phoenix tattoo on his back, even if even though he's John, because I know that was something that he had on his back in the 80s when he didn't know who he was. They didn't know he was Roman yet, so they thought he was Stefano. And he got really, really upset about that accusation. And I don't know how much of that was him, maybe despite not knowing who he is, at least knowing who Stefano was, and how much of that was him being like, oh, well, if, he think if she thinks I'm Stefano, then maybe I ought to act like I am, and I'm horrified by that accusation. It was very strange. And again, I watched that scene out of context, so there's probably a lot of context that I'm missing. And the whole story of, like, how the Bradys and the Demeras came to really not like each other very much, like, I guess I get it. I can understand probably more <sighs> Sean Brady Sr. Like, I can understand him being, like, not liking the Damaras because he blamed him for his sister's death. Right? Because there was a whole affair. But that's not the original story. <laughs> the original story was just that Stefano was an organized crime, and then Roman was, like, having to stop him. So, I mean, I do like the new backstory for the two of them. I feel like that makes a little more sense. It would be like... It would be like if Sonny and Mac just hated each other that much. Like, I know they don't get along very well, but it would be... Like, that dynamic doesn't make sense to me. So, I kind of like if they've changed it. To be this backstory. Although, the idea that John was somehow Stefano's half-brother is very interesting. And I don't know how that happened. Other than that, Stefano would have had a half-sibling through Colleen. I guess. Ron Carlovati said that when he first started on the show, he realized how much cl more closely related everybody is on that show than they are in General Hospital. And I was like, 
he said something about needing a family tree and I was like I really need a family tree I cannot follow how everyone on that show is everyone on that show is somehow related to the ever to each other and it's so confusing one little last addition here but now that I think about it I'm pretty sure John still does have a phoenix tattoo because Days is very very good at being consistent with our tattoos unlike General Hospital but Why? Why would he not just get it covered up at this point, since he knows he's not a Demera? Why would he want a reminder? Of all the bad things he did when he was under Stefano's control. Is it like a look how far I've come thing? Or is he just like, I don't even care at this point. I'm in my late 60s. I think that's how old John is. If his dad... If he was born right before the Korean War started, he would be... Or right after the Korean War started, he would be around his late 60s, early 70s at this point. So, I think... I don't know. Maybe it is more of a look how far I've come thing and not so much of a I'm old (laughs) and I don't have to I don't want to get my tattoo removed because I've heard that's painful if you get tattoos removed. Okay, speaking of the whole Stefano and Susan situation, I'm still confused about why he would choose her. Is it because he knew she would be naive enough to fall for it? But that doesn't... That doesn't make sense for someone who claims to like logic and, like, strategy games like chess so much. But did he choose her because he somehow knew that she could look like Kristen? If that's the case, that is really weird. <laughs> like, I know that the whole thing was to kind of maybe teach Kristen a lesson. Or something. I think having John marry Susan when she appeared exactly like Kristen was to teach Kristen a lesson. That's that's a wonderful time to get married, by the way, while your <laughs> future wife is giving birth. That is a lovely time <laughs> to get married. Well, I guess it's probably a good distraction. But, like... I know that the summary on the fandom wiki says that Susan fell in love with John because she saw how good he was and how bad Kristen was, and that's kind of what made her want to keep, like, want EJ. But also, why? 
Why did Stefano have to be personally involved? Why couldn't he have just tricked John into thinking that Susan was Kristen? Why did... I just think it's really unfair that he made her think that he was Elvis while she was very clearly under some kind of painkiller's influence. And it's just really frustrating that she was like, taken advantage of, but also Stefano, I don't think, has respect, had much respect for anybody because of what he did to Kristen's mom. Although I guess he could argue that one was an accident. And then what he did to Gina, and then Hope, and then turning Hope into Gina. <laughs> Side note, when Gina set him on fire, I did find it, I did not find that part humorous. I found the fact that Rolf seems to have been prepared for any type of emergency ever involving Stefano because he knew exactly where the burn cream was very, very quickly. So I thought that was kind of funny. Rolf is an interesting character. He's scary, but he also, like, He seems like a very lonely man <laughs> who found a quote-unquote friend in Stefano, and Stefano just ended up using him a lot. But back to my point. If Stefano used Susan because he knew that she could look like Kristen, that's weird. Or maybe he just thought that she was lonely and he took advantage of that. It's very sad. Also, I love that everybody in Susan's family has the exact same teeth. <laughs> and I realize that Eileen Davidson played most of them. <laughs> but it's just funny to me. I'm gonna start thinking about like the actors and like that has to be a weird transition to go from playing this like also during the whole storyline with Susan having EJ and switching places with Kristen and everything when the doctor is talking to Stefano about how they're ready, like the embryo is ready and stuff, and how like she was a perfect genetic match and Stefano seems mad, seems annoyed about that. And he's like, I have to, he's like, I cannot believe I have to wear this stupid outfit. And it's like, you know how you could have prevented that? Not acting on your impulses. Or your plan. I still don't understand what the point of that was. Was it to hurt Kristen? Because that is... 
a very, like, over-the-top, Stefano-has-too-much-time-on-his-hands kind of plan to get back at his adopted daughter. Because I don't know if that was when John and Marlena got engaged and Kristen got really upset and was cold. Stefano a coward. And also, if that's what triggered it, triggered that whole entire situation, that's insane. Like, grow a thicker skin. (laughs) I don't get, I do not get why any of that stuff happened to Susan. And I feel so bad for her. I know that she's kind of, I know that she can have a couple tricks up her sleeve, but like, towards the beginning, she really was just an innocent person kind of thrown into everything, and then she fell in love with John, and then Kristen was fighting with her, and Kristen told her she was ugly and stupid and to just stop living, stop trying to act like her. Which, I mean, the stuff trying to act like her did make sense, but, like, she did not have to call her ugly and stupid. And it just makes me really sad, because, like... In, like, the mid-90s? Like, I want to say it was 95 or 96, but there's a scene... And it just makes me so uncomfortable because I'm like, Hope as Gina seems very childlike and it makes me so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Maybe it's because I'm like, from from what I've seen, Hope is a pretty serious character. Like, I feel in the relationship with Bo and Hope, Bo is definitely the more goofy one. So... It's just really kind of uncomfortable for me to watch, but she is talking, like she walks in and Stefano is setting something up, and he's like, Gina, good, I have a job for you, and she's like, but I don't want to do any, she's like, I don't want to work, I want to play, and he's like, play, play, we'll play later. Or something like that, and then she tells him that he's too stuffy. And then she calls him stuffy stuffy a couple times, and then she tickles him, and it is the most uncomfortable scene for me to watch. It is so weird. It's just a very strange scene, and I'm sure there's a ton of context that I'm missing for it, which makes it weirder. It's just very strange. Why do all of Stefano's midlife crises seem to just destroy the whole town at some point or another? Like, I know in 1999, he told Rolf that he had never felt as young as he had with Gina. (laughs) 
was watching that and I was like, so you're having a midlife crisis. And like, you saw all this stuff and I find it interesting that Rolf was really trying to talk him out of a lot of stuff during that whole time. Like when he was trying to control Vivian and he, that's such a strange storyline. But, uh, yeah, when he was trying to control Vivian and Vivian ended up being really sick and Stefano was like, Rolf, I need you to create medication that will help her. And he's like, I think this is permanent damage because I told you not to do that mind control stuff too much and you did and I think this is just how she's going to be and Stefano didn't appreciate that but at least Rolf tried to inform him that he should not do it the way that he did it and then I assume Rolf ended up working that out I don't know Very interesting. Um, yeah. But also, I just find it very funny that Rolf was like, Hope cannot leave Salem. The satellite is like, this depends very specifically on her being in the right location, and it's like, it's a satellite. Like, can't he program it to go somewhere else? But then I guess that would require him tracking Gina, and that's probably too, that was probably very complicated in the 90s. Oh no. <laughs> this kind of makes me laugh. His character is very interesting to me. I think the point I was trying to make in this episode is that I think Days does villains a little better than General Hospital. Like, when I think... Well, actually, I can think of several General Hospital villains off the top of my head. Most of the Cassidines, um, the Zakaras, Manny, Cyrus. But Cyrus isn't, well, he kind of is on the level of Anthony Zakara. It's so interesting that most of those people are mob people. Anyway, I think Days does a better job. Like, rounding out the characters. And I miss the character of Stefano. I do not like what they did with Steve being Stefano a couple years ago. <clears throat> Be partially because I love Steve so much. But also... Because it's... Like... It almost feels disrespectful to have Stefano played by anyone else. 
And I know the whole point of Stefano is that he is the phoenix. And he always comes back when you least expect it. But Joseph Muscolo played Stefano for 30... Well, off and on for 30-something years, but mostly on. He was Stefano for a long time. And he kept... He kept playing Stefano even when he developed Alzheimer's, and that amazes me. And so I think the writers did a bad thing by trying to do the whole Steve Stefano storyline. I do not blame Steven Nichols at all. I don't know. I just don't like that I don't know like that would be like that would be like trying to bring someone back to play Alan Quartermain two different types of characters obviously because Alan was a pretty good guy But you know what I mean? Thank you for listening to this month's episode. Sorry it came out the day before the month ended. But at least I got an episode out this month, which is pretty good. Most of next month's podcast is already recorded. I just have to edit it. Thank you for listening.